I'm going to turn things over now to the garden guru himself, Mr. Mark Weber. Good morning, sir. So it's going to get hot, right? Very. <laughs> oh, that it, very would be like 100 degrees outside. Okay? Well, that's what it's going to feel like, though. Okay. But, but, but realistically. Real. But, 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 but what do you think? How do you think plants cope to weather like this? Odd. Not sure about all of them. I know some plants live for this kind of stuff. You know, I've noticed yeah. noticed especially the corn. They used to was it they used to say knee high by the Fourth of July. Well, lots lots of it I've seen is up to shoulder or chest level already. Yeah, I call it skull high by the Fourth oh. of July. <laughs> <laughs> I but, like that. But in this edition of Garden Talk, we're going to explore what happens to plants when it gets warm outside. And some of the things that you can do to improve the fact that um, with the heat coming along, it's going to really reduce the amount of tomatoes that are going to set in the garden. We're going to talk about some tips that you can follow to kind of reduce that effect. And along with that as well, this is the season when many plants be, are put under stress. And we're going to talk about how to reduce that stress to improve their overall performance and longevity in your landscape, plus all of your gardening questions at 457-1290 as we begin the first hour of what will be three great hours of radio right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group, Ohio. This is WHIO's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break in. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And a good Saturday morning, and welcome to the first hour of what will be three great hours of radio right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. If you were just tuning in, you are listening to Garden Talk with me, Mark Weber, and I have hosted this legendary broadcast now for 28 years and have enjoyed, enjoyed la every last minute of doing what I do every Saturday morning from 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. Eastern is talking about your landscape, talking about your trees, your shrubs, your tomatoes, your peppers, your eggplant, um, whatever you have growing in your yard. We're here to help you for the next three hours. And what we do is give you expert advice. Um, and how, well, how I define expert advice is always kind of a question that people go, how do you know that you are an expert? Well, let me give you my background. And I'll let you decide if I am an expert or not. Um, I, I hold two degrees in horticulture from an institution you may have heard of before called Ohio State University. Um, I'm also designated by the International Society of Arboriculture um, as a board certified master arborist. Less than 2% of all the certified arborists who practice throughout the world are board certified master arborists. Additionally, I hold a number of different certifications and qualifications in the world of horticulture and arboriculture, and I have well over 40 years of real-life experience um, planting things, growing things, experiencing things of, of plants on a level um, all over the world. In fact, many of you may... Some may know and may not know this. I, I, I do a lot of work in different parts of the United States, and I also um, travel extensively sometimes with certain things, and I know a lot about plants that even beyond the borders of this great country. So when you call Garden Talk at 457-1290, you're getting information that's based on science, and it's also based on best practices of how to be successful with your landscape. So when we come to the radio every Saturday morning, we welcome you for three hours to dial up 457-1290. And that will bring you directly into the Master Control Studios, where the one and only Javon is standing by. I guess that's you. You're hiding over there behind the computer screen, filling out important, I'm sure, Cox Media paperwork. <laughs> Where would we be in life, Javon, without paperwork, right? <laughs> paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. 
Um, so when we begin this morning's program, the forecast is for it to be a little bit warm and toasty for the next five to six days. Um, this time of year is a real trial and error thing for plants. Um, many times plants this time of year that like heat really do really well. Uh, plants that aren't designed for heat um, have some serious challenges that occur along the way. And there's no really quick answer to how your plants will thrive and how their plants will not. But more what we can do today is talk about how to reduce that stress. Um, and we're going to begin this morning talking about managing your landscape. Um, many times, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we own a home or we live on a property and we have trees around our property. We have grass around our property. We have shrubs around the foundation. But many times we, 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 we kind of neglect those parts of our landscape because, frankly, uh, it takes us to go outside and heat like this and do maintenance and do work. Um, and when it gets hot outside, we tend to stay inside because that's where the air conditioning is. Um, now this week we've got some pretty good rainfall events that occurred prior to the heat. So the soil has a fair amount of moisture in it, but I tell you what, the temperatures that they're forecasting, it won't take too long for that to dry out. So one of the biggest critical things that you have to do in, in conditions like we're about ready to go into is manage the landscape and manage the way that the landscape is going to deal with the, the moisture needs. Um, trees and plants are going to use hundreds of gallons of water um, to cool themselves off. And, and, and let's begin with how they do that. Um, it's called transpiration. Um, and, and think of it this way. You've got that leaf or that blade of grass that's in your lawn, and it has a number of little small pores, pores in its leaf called stomatas. And the stomatas' job is to get rid of moisture, but most importantly, to allow a constant flow of moisture from the roots up through the stems of the tree or shrub, um, through the stem of the grass plant, up to the leaf where it can move that moisture out. It's like an air conditioning system. Yeah, it's kind of like an air conditioning system. So to do that, if a plant can't do that, a plant literally burns up and dies. So without having the sufficient amount of water to pull out of the soil, uh, the plant's going to have a, some issues with uh, cooling itself off. And basically, if it doesn't have enough water to cool off, the plant will eventually um, die. And so managing water is really important. Um, but really to concentrate on where you're going to start to see the biggest effects of this upcoming heat event are going to be in the vegetable garden. Um, the vegetable garden is a place where you've got warm season and cool season vegetables. And I'm going to tell you what, the cool season vegetables are really going to end their life really quick <laughs> with this kind of heat, particularly ones that have been planted fairly early on in the season. So don't be surprised if your garden peas are already starting to dry up and blow away. And lettuce is beginning to just pretty much uh, burn up and go away. These are all plants, ladies and gentlemen, that would be expected to decline related to the temperatures and the heat that's forthcoming. Now, on the other hand, if you've got tomatoes and peppers and eggplant and cucumbers and melons and, 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 and et cetera, or corn, these are crops that are going to love the heat. They're going to love it. They're going to grow like gangbusters, but they're also going to need lots of water. Um, but also brings us to the point, particularly with one of the most beloved vegetables of all, is your tomatoes. And these kind of temperatures, I have to tell you, are going to blast off the blooms. You heard me right. They're going to blast off the blooms, which means... You're going to see, if you don't have a lot of fruit set right now, you're going to see a delay in a lot of fruit set related to the high temperatures. And one of the ways that you can manage the heat 
on your tomatoes is making sure that they get a constant source of water. If you're growing tomatoes in containers like I do, I am going to be watering them in the morning and I'm going to be watering them in the afternoon. I'm going to be giving them lots and lots of fresh, clean water through their root systems. One, to cool off the containers. Because when you've got a container that's getting about 90 degrees on the outside, it could be up to 120 to 130 on the inside, cooking the roots of your tomato plants. So I'm going to be sending lots of fresh, clean, cool water through the roots. Um, and also that will increase the amount of fruit set. It also will allow me to maintain the number of fruit that I already have set on, your, on, my, on my vines. And Javon, I have to ask you a question. Okay. Does anybody in your family grow tomatoes? Not that I know of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm already picking. I'm on my second week of tomatoes. So I'm going to ask our callers today at 457-1290. It's one of my questions of the day. Are you picking tomatoes yet? Because we are picking tomatoes at the Weber house. So the point being is, ladies and gentlemen, watering is going to be important. Now, timing-wise... This is where things get a little dicey. You don't want to be watering much of anything in your landscape, particularly with the foliage getting wet much after 10 a.m. in the morning. Most of your critical watering with your lawn, most of the critical watering with your perennial beds and, and vegetable gardens and etc., needs to be performed around 4 a.m. in the morning. And I know that's early. <laughs> and 10 a.m. in the morning, no evening or afternoon watering. You heard me right. If you are watering in the evening or the afternoon, you are setting up for a plethora of insect and disease issues in your landscape. So with all of that being said, um, we're going to sure there's going to be a lot of questions today about the heat and how to manage the heat. But most importantly, uh, we're going to give you some insight. Also, you know, I, I will tell you, too, that um, if the temperatures still stay high and you are growing tomatoes, particularly in uh, containers and those types of things, you very well may consider putting some type of shade cloth over top of those plants as well. And we'll talk about that a little bit later today. Um, as well. 457-1290. That's 457-1290. As we begin what will be three great hours of radio right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts, a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving Greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118. The biggest and most highly anticipated classic automotive event of the year returns to Columbus with the Good Guys 21st PPG Nationals Giant Car Show, July 6th through the 8th at the Ohio Expo Center. Buy tickets and learn more at good-guys.com. Selfless service is the guiding principle that drives Army National Guard soldiers to be always ready whenever disaster strikes. They are your next door neighbors and your colleagues in schools, offices, and factories. To be a Guard soldier is to stand ready to serve at all times for family, for community, and for country. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com or contact an Army National Guard recruiter in your area. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. I am so sick of this weather. It is so hot. I wish I could stay inside all day. Tired of this hot weather? Listen all weekend long for Storm Center 7 updates as we tell you what you need to know about our current heat wave on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning, everybody. It is 621. Let's check out the updated weather forecast from, I believe it's Christine Zantina, right? All right. Let's check out Christine's updated weather forecast. 
Mostly sunny skies on this Saturday, looking like we get to stay dry as well through the afternoon. Highs reach the low 90s, but because of the humidity, it'll feel like we're sitting around 95 to 100. An air pollution advisory continues throughout our Saturday with a heat advisory for Auglaize and Mercer counties. Tonight, mostly clear 73. Tomorrow, again, low 90s, heat index above 95. Could see a shower thunderstorm towards the evening. I'm meteorologist Kirsty Zantini on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. A current scan of the new live Doppler HG7 radar uh, shows pretty much um, nice sunrise showing up this morning. No rain shower activity. We have a 40, 73 degrees in Springboro, 71 in downtown Dayton. On the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and garden talk, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And a good Saturday morning to each and every one of you. If you've got a question about your lawn or your landscape or maybe your tomato plants or your trees, we would love to hear from you at 457-1290. That's 457-1290. That'll put you into the Master Control Studios. Javon is our executive producer extraordinaire. Today's program, I have to tell you, it's going to be a little weird from normal. And Javon, I, I need to let you know about an important couple important pieces. Rich Pearson is not going to be joining us today because he's got a bunch of stuff going on. And uh, Christy Zantini's joining us a little bit after 7. So we're going to do some in-depth weather discussions about the, the heat and, and, and that type of thing. Um, Randy Tischer joins us at 7.30. John Scott isn't here this week. He's in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> he sent me a picture this week of him and his family hiking in the Grand Canyons, which was pretty cool um, to itself. 457-1290 is the number to dot. Also, I'm going to tell you what, coming up here in about uh, seven minutes or so, um, if you've got cone flowers, that's a that's a perennial. If you're not familiar with it, produces these beautiful many cases uh, purple and white flowers, and uh, there's also varieties that are orange and some that are yellow. Uh, be a beautiful, beautiful composite kind of flower in the garden. And let's just say the flower forms, and then all of a sudden it kind of gets clipped off. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk about these head-clipping uh, weevils that are out there doing their dastardly duties to the to the cone flowers. We'll talk about how to manage those a little bit. It's it's kind of one of those hit and miss things. We'll talk about that insect at the bottom of this hour as well. Plus today, uh, we're going to talk about in the garden kitchen a very interesting vegetable, um, and it's it's called it's called magua. Uh, magua also carries the name of the fuzzy gourd or the hairy melon. Um, it's a very unique vegetable. You're going to be able to find this this time of year. It's, it's, it has its roots in uh, southern China is where it really evolved at. Um, this is something you can actually grow in your own yard. It's a very interesting vegetable. It's got delightful flavor. And I'm going to tell you about that one when we go into the garden kitchen a little bit later this morning on Garden Talk. Let's head to the telephone lines at 457-1290. Let's go talk to David. And David, good morning and uh, welcome to Garden Talk. Good morning. Morning, sir. Uh, my question for you is I've been having problems with all my trees, my grapes, my cherry trees, my peach trees. I get what's called like rust blight on all the leaves. Hmm. And I've used several organic sprays to try to, try to fight that. And somebody uh, mentioned to me it could be because I have a pine tree in the, in the near vicinity of every, everything in the, in the yard. When you say it's happening to everything, tell me what species of plants it's help happening to, David. Grapes, cherries, raspberries, apple trees, uh, peach trees. Okay. What... You described to me plants that all belong to total different genuses, okay, yeah. and even distinctively different plant families. So the first thing that I'm going to say to you is it's more likely than not that you've got separate pathogens at play here. Okay. 
So you're going to need to really get the, a proper diagnosis done okay. to figure out if these are a life threatening. And this is an important, important point. And I want to explain it a little bit further to you on this front. If you've got an insect, David, or you've got a plant disease, it's not the end of the world in most cases. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, just like everything else in life that, that, that is everything was born to die and everything has something that affects it. Just like you and I, we can get the cold, we can get the flu, we can get cancer, we can die. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Plants are no different. And the standpoint is that they have exclusively unique pathogens that affect them. But to manage those pathogens effectively, we have to make the conscious, intelligent decision if those pathogens are life-threatening, <laughs> okay? Okay. So plant ID and pathogen ID are important, meaning that, that that's where you work with um, typically a certified arborist, and I okay. say certified arborist. Um, who can identify the plant, who can identify the pathogen, and then tell you um, with a certain degree of scientific certainty that this is, this is the pathogen that's involved, this is the life cycle of it, and more so, David, should you control it or not worry about it. Uh, okay, now I have lost a couple of trees to this stuff. Okay, but again, but again, what I'm trying to say to you is yeah. these are distinctively different pathogens understand and the other thing that comes into play is something called abiotic stress the fact okay. we have what they call biotic stress biotic biotic death and we have abiotic death and this think of a is without life and b is with life okay okay so most plants that get in trouble and die are related to some form of abiotic stress like right okay. now, we're in big time abiotic stress with, with heat and drought, okay, if yeah. it gets dry. That's one of the biggest plant killers on the planet. So okay. a lot of times when the plant gets into some type of trouble, be it we don't fertilize it right, we don't water it right, we don't site it right, we don't manage it right, then the tree or plant gets sick, and then that's when we start to see the pathogens, what we call the undertakers of the plant world decide to come in and take things out okay okay so it's not always the bug that did it it's always not the fungi or the bacteria that did it. it's related to the plants physical condition related to stress by abiotically so where i'm kind of going with you david is we nearly need to get in a set of expert eyes looking at this set of, uh -huh. of these issues and determine what are the real issues at hand and how okay. to fix them long term not just with the spray but for the long-term management of the plants david i must run because of the constraints of time great question thanks Thank for you. calling garden talk call certified arborist to find yours at treesaregood.org 457-1290 on am 1290 and news 957 whio the miami valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news weather and traffic am 1290 and news 95.7 whio this is the station dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news whio dayton springfield your news starts now depend on it it's 6.30. I'm Jonah Adi with a WHIO News Update. Our top story we're following this hour, an air pollution advisory in effect for our area as the start of a heat wave makes its way in this weekend. I'm meteorologist Kirsty Zantini heating up for the weekend. A look at how hot we get coming up. Well, WHIO triple team traffic so far so good out there on those freeways this Saturday morning. Not seeing any accidents or any areas where you're going to need to watch a slowdown. And our top story with the temperatures about to climb into the mid-90s again for our Saturday, an air pollution advisory is issued again. That means you're encouraged to carpool and try to fill up the car with gas and do yard work closer to sundown. You'll help to reduce the chance for ground-level ozone or smog to develop. That's what occurs on warm, sunny days. The sunshine mixes with pollution and could produce smog or ground-level ozone. Meteorologist Kirsty Zantini has a look at the exclusive forecast coming up in just minutes. Well, now to Huber Heights, where cops are asking for help. 
help finding a gunman who shot a pickup truck in what's being called a road rage incident. The 24-year-old driver of that truck says a dark-colored sedan followed him on I-70 West before moving to the right and firing three or four shots. That driver and his passenger weren't hit by those shots that got lodged in the truck's doors, but say they were cut by glass. Anyone with information about that incident is asked to call cops. Well, if you're heading down to Cincinnati to catch a ball game this weekend, the Reds' management is working on ways to keep you safe from all the heat. Fans are being permitted to bring plastic bottles of water and sports drinks into the park. Cool rooms and cool water vapor misting stations are set up around the area, and complimentary sunscreen will be available at first aid stations. That's WHIO's Ron Otto. He says game times are 4 to 10 Saturday and 1 to 10 Sunday. Well, let's get a look at that weather forecast now. Here's meteorologist Kirsty Zantini. A mild and muggy morning. Temperatures soared this afternoon into the low 90s. Mostly sunny skies through the day. We do have an air pollution advisory again for the afternoon. Mercer and Auglaize County also under a heat advisory. The heat index this afternoon could reach anywhere from 95 to 100. That's how hot it will feel outside. See plenty of sunshine, though. I'm meteorologist Kirsty Zantini on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO. A latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar looking all clear out there so far. We're seeing 68 degrees in Troy, 69 in Springfield, 71 in Dayton at 633. I'm Jonah Adi on AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO. Depend on it. When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts, a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving Greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118. Are you new to listening to WHIO? Let us bring you up to speed fast. We're Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. We provide weather and traffic every six minutes weekday mornings on Miami Valley's Morning News with Larry Hanskin. When news breaks here in the Miami Valley, we break in around the clock. We provide Storm Center 7 updates throughout the day, and when we're monitoring the threat of severe weather in our area, we activate Storm Center coverage, updating the situation every 15 minutes or sooner, and airing a special tone every 90 seconds to let you know. We're also the home of the Flyers, airing basketball games, football games, and coaches' shows. You can listen to us on the AM dial at 1290, on the FM dial at 95.7, online at whio.com, and the WHIO app, and at home on an Amazon Echo. We have hundreds of reporters and are working around the clock to keep you safe and informed. We are AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is WHIO's Clark Howard. I save you money, and the gang at WHIO work hard to bring you live breaking weather, traffic, and news right here. WHIO. You're listening to Garden Talk on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now it's time to go into the garden with Mark Weber, a weekly tip to help your garden grow. You know, this is probably one of the biggest disappointments you can have is that you you plant perennials so that you can enjoy them during the heat of the summer. And uh, coneflowers are a real backbone. They are a group of plants that uh, tend to really do well in our soils in this part of the of the United States, and they're a plant that uh, is a native. But unfortunately, sometimes when they get some length and get some size and they get ready to bloom, and we walk outside to enjoy that moment in time when those plants have given us those delightful blooms, we find out that that flower head has formed and somebody partially cut it off. And you think... Who in the devil did that? Well, it's probably a little black weevil. And it's a weevil that uh, it's around. And it has a very, very distinctive curved snout. It kind of looks uh, like an aardvark, so to speak. And it is very easy to diagnose this plant because the adults literally girdle um, the flower stalk and the petiole. Um, and cause it to be partially severed, and then you will see leaves and a flowering hanging stalk bent over and hanging down. Um, This is the weevil. 
Um, this insect usually rarely affects large portions of plantings. It typically uh, deals with very small isolated areas, but in some cases, um, if you reach over 10% of the flower parts in your garden that are being affected by this insect, it very well may w warrant an application of a, an insecticide that is registered for its control. And keep in mind also that this insect some years is real bad and some years it's not. But if you do have it and you're reaching about 10% threshold, you very well may consider applying an insecticide. You've been into the garden with Mark Weber. Phone lines are open for your gardening questions. Call Mark now at 457-1290. Here's the gardening guru, Mark Weber, on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 457-1290 is the number of the dial. If you would like to be part of this morning's broadcast, we have an open line for you. And uh, we would love to have you part of today's broadcast. What we do here on Garden Talk, folks, every week is give you lots of information um, about how you can be successful with your landscape. Um, I would love to hear your voices today at 457-1290. That's 457-1290. That will put you into the Master Control Studios where Javon is our executive producer extraordinaire. And he'll be more than happy to have you part of this morning's broadcast. We have not one, but one, two, three, four open lines. If you've got a question about your lawn, we've got a question about your landscape. If you've got a question about anything else that's happening in your yard, we have the expertise and are be, be quite an honor to help you today with whatever is going on in your yard. We'll talk a little bit about lawn care with the heat that we've got going on. Um, one of the most important things that you can do in weather like this is not mow your lawn. You heard me right. In many cases, it's better to leave your lawn kind of long and shaggy and don't spend a lot of time trying to prune it or cut it because when you cut it, you're opening up um, that plant to a lot of evaporation. And also um, keep in mind that watering your lawn, if you're watering it much after 10 a.m. in the morning, you're setting it up for lots of disease issues. Over the last probably three weeks or so, we have had one uh, event after another related to brown patch on a lot of our turf type tall fescue. And more so, it is also time to be thinking about applying long season grub control to your lawn. Um, remember that the grubs that are going to be eating your lawn will be hatching out sometime in August and uh, doing, their due, doing their dirty deeds sometime in August through September and early October. And one of the best ways to manage that issue is an application of long season grub control. And what long season grub, grub control does, ladies and gentlemen, is it becomes it's applied to the lawn, it gets watered in, and once it's watered in, it allows for systemic control throughout um, the rest of the balance of the season. And uh, it is one of those things that needs to be applied in the month of June or late, early, late June and early into July. And we are in that prime season to be applying those types of materials. But keep in mind that they typically need an inch or so of water to get them to do their thing. So I would encourage you um, to act prudently and apply these types of materials to your lawn um, now, as we've just described as well. 457-1290, that's 457-1290. If you would like to be part of Garden Talk, we would love to be part of your Saturday morning. And if you've got a gardening question, maybe you've got a question about your landscape, maybe you've got a question about how a certain tree is growing in your yard, uh, maybe you've got questions about when you should be pruning your landscape, all those things and so much more. We have got lots of open lines for you at 457-1290. That's 457-1290. And that'll put you into the uh, Garden Talk radio studios here. We'll be happy to answer your questions. And also I'd say too, this time of year, ladies and gentlemen, it's also a great time of the year to be thinking about how you want to improve um, 
your landscape coming the fall season. Fall is a really great time of the year to be planting um, new things. Um, and I'll say that you're somebody who has a lawn right now that just doesn't look very good and it's more weeds than, than, than frankly, than anything else. You very well may be thinking about uh, killing your whole lawn off this time of year and you wouldn't have to mow it for the balance of the growing of the summer season to mow it in the fall some, but it'd be an excellent opportunity to maybe think about uh, changing that. So just a couple words of advice, and it may be a very prudent thing to do is to kill off your lawn and start all over again in the fall season. 457-1290 is the number of the dial. If you'd like to be part of this morning's broadcast, we do have an open line or two for you. And if you'd like to be part of the show, we offer lots of great advice and give you lots of great interest as well as about whatever is happening in your landscape. Four, five, seven, twelve, ninety, and uh, Javon, let's go into the garden kitchen. You're listening to Garden Talk with Mark Weber on AM twelve ninety and News ninety five seven WHIO. Now it's time to go into the garden kitchen with Mark Weber, a weekly tip to improve your kitchen table. Today's in the garden kitchen is a very unique uh, little uh, cucurbit, and it's called the fuzzy melon, or AK makwa. Um, this is a squash. It's little brother to the Chinese winter melon. And uh, if you've ever eaten one of these, they are absolutely delicious. Um, this, is a, this is a vegetable, ladies and gentlemen, um, that is warm season. It loves the heat of summer. Um, the name implies it's very hairy. And it is a very hairy, hairy, hairy vegetable. And it needs to be peeled. But it's refreshing. It has a delicate flavor, including it's used in uh, stir fries and soups. It can be stuffed with shrimp, pork, and uh, bamboo shoots and bok choy and onions. It can be mixed with uh, soy sauce and ginger and garlic and sesame oil. You'll find this in local markets, but also I will tell you that the fuzzy melon can be grown right here in Dayton, Ohio. This is a plant that can literally grow almost seven to eight feet in one growing season, and it forms numerous of these little fruits upon the hanging vegetable, hanging, hanging vines, and it's an absolute joy to grow, and it's an absolute joy to eat. This week's In the Garden Kitchen, Makwa or the Fuzzy Melon. You've been into the garden kitchen with Mark Weber. Phone lines are open for your questions now. 457-1290. Here's the garden guru, Mark Weber, on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 457-1290. I'll put you right here in the Master Control Studios in good old Dayton, Ohio, as we do what we do best, which is garden talk for the last 28 years. My name is Mark Weber, and I would love to help you today if you've got a gardening question at 457-1290. That's 457-1290. Let's head back to the telephone lines, and let's go talk to Tracy. Tracy, good morning. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm well, Tracy. How can I help? You were just talking about grub control, and it's definitely something I want to do because we're expecting rain next week. I'm wondering if there is a product that might be safe for pets. When I put it on and the dogs need to go outside and go to the bathroom. Okay. Um, Well, the product that most people use for grub control, the trade name is called Merit. Okay. And um, Merit insecticide, it's kind of an interesting compound from the standpoint is it's actually used... Um, I actually applied some yesterday to my dogs <laughs> for uh, flea and t- flea and uh, tick control, um, and and it's it's a material that uh, it's a, what they call a neonicotinoid. You may there may be see some bad, bad press about neonicotinoids, but most of it doesn't have a lot of scientific validity. But this material is applied to the lawn. Okay, um, it needs to be watered in in about. Seven days, five days from the time of application. And because what it does is it becomes systemic, meaning it's inside the plant, inside the grass plant. 
So when the grubs show up, and they will show up, I almost can guarantee it, um, when they go to chew on the grass plant's root system, they'll die because that insecticide is actually inside the grass plant. I'm generally speaking with pets, if you apply this material um, and water it in as after application, you won't have any problem with pets. I have, I've used Merit on my yard for years, and I have Wymaniners and Semoids and you name it. <laughs> dogs and i've never had any problems with those products with my animals that sounds great does that help you it helps me immensely thank you i'm glad you called and uh thanks for being part of garden talk okay thank you bye-bye four five seven twelve ninety let's head back to the telephone lines javon and let's go talk to brad brad good morning and uh, welcome to garden talk hey how you doing i'm well sir Go ahead with your question, Brad. Um, yes, I'm interested in, uh, I always like, uh, say, red-colored leaves on a tree or just unique-looking trees. I'm looking to replant a couple where uh, some old trees went down in my yard. Just kind of curious about that. I always like the aesthetic of red leaves or just different colored trees. Just I'm surrounded by maples and oaks and gums and everything like that every day, something a little out of the ordinary. Well, first we have to kind of figure out... Um what you can grow there okay Mm -hmm. and what i mean what i mean by that is that within the world of of trees and plants they have Mm -hmm. tolerances of um ph of the soil okay yeah and what i mean by that ph is the is is the availability of of new what ph relates to plants is Yeah. yeah so Without knowing what your pH of your soil is and what basic nutrients are available in your soil, it's really hard to make a recommendation of purple leaf plants. Now, there are plants within the genus Prunus, which are the cherries and plums that have purple leaves. There's uh, in the genus of Cercus or or red buds, we have purple leaf plants. In the world of maples, which is Acer, we have purple leaf plants, okay? Uh And there's even a number of shrubs that have purple leaf plants. I think more of the question in my mind is what is going to be the the best choice for your yard. Yeah. Because what's my, my, the thing that always realizes is for you to be successful, you have to cite your plants related to the conditions of your yard. You can go buy plants because they got pretty purple leaves or purple green leaves or purple yellow leaves or whatever color leaves of the rainbow. But that doesn't mean that we've selected plants that are going to be um, good choices. They're going to be long-term choices because a lot of plants, plant failures are more related to poor plant selection than they are anything else. So one way that we avoid you wasting your money, that sounds like Clark Howard, wasting your money and having a a, a, a poor plant or poor tree experience. And I, I use that word a lot sometimes with clients. I said, I don't want you to have a poor plant or poor tree experience. And they go, what? I go, yeah, when you buy plants, you, you, you have some expectations. You want them to grow and thrive, right? Yeah. So the way that we avoid you having a bad plant experience or a bad customer service experience is by selecting plants based on what the conditions are. And unfortunately, too many people make choices about plants that they don't really look at what those conditions really are. So do a little investigation, do some soil testing, work with a qualified arborist or horticulturalist to help you make some good plant choices, okay? All right. Thank you for your call, sir. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. 457-1290. When we come back, we're going to talk to Sandy. We're going to talk to you and continue with this week's edition of Garden Talk on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? 
If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts, a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving Greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118. Could you retire sooner than you think and with greater financial security? Hello, I'm David Gaylor, president of Tradewinds Financial Group. I'm also the author of Income Allocation. You will learn strategies to create a dependable, sustainable, and predictable income stream for your retirement. You'll also learn critical information about the two risks you must manage for a successful retirement. Learn more about these strategies and give Tradewinds Financial Group a call. 800-385-0437. That's 800-385-0437. Summertime means festivals in the Miami Valley. As you take your family out for fun in the summer weather, take us with you. Listen for Storm Center 7 updates on air on 1290 AM, 95.7 FM, or in the WHIO app. The station keeping your family safe in the Miami Valley is AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning, everybody. It's 652. Let's check out the updated weather forecast from Christy Zantini. Mostly sunny skies on this Saturday, looking like we get to stay dry as well through the afternoon. Highs reach the low 90s, but because of the humidity, it'll feel like we're sitting around 95 to 100. An air pollution advisory continues throughout our Saturday with a heat advisory for Auglaize and Mercer counties. Tonight, mostly clear 73. Tomorrow, again, low 90s, heat index above 95. Could see a shower thunderstorm towards the evening. I'm meteorologist Kirsty Zantini on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. A current scan of the new live Doppler HG7 radar shows uh, over semi-overcast skies. We've got a beautiful sunrise on tap. It's 71 degrees in downtown Dayton, 73 in Springboro, 68 in Wilmington. On the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and garden talk, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 457-1290 if you would like to be part of this morning's broadcast. Uh, we have an open, let's see, one, two, three open lines for you if you would like to join our morning's broadcast because we'd love to help you. Let's go talk to Sandy. Sandy, good morning and uh, welcome to Garden Talk. Thank you, Mark. Good morning. How are you? Good. Hey, I have two small linden trees on my property. I noticed when I came home from work yesterday that they had some very large brown patches. So I walked out and found Japanese beetles eating the entire leaves on this these little trees. And what kind of tree were they again before? I, I didn't hear what you said in transmission. Oh, they're, they're linden trees? Oh, yeah. They like linden trees. Yeah. <laughs> Evidently. Well, it, 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 we're the, I, I, my question is, are they little leaf linden or big leaf linden? or what kind Yeah, of, they're, they're the little leaves. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are, those are probably some of the easiest bugs on the planet to kill. <laughs> okay. Um, a typical product called seven. Okay. Can be applied and it will take them out. Um, a couple things though. Is that tree in bloom? No. Well, okay. I mean, as far as flowering or? Yeah. yeah. No. Uh-uh. Okay, double check to make sure it's not in bloom. It should be out of bloom by now, but some lindens can bloom a little bit later. The reason being is is that we don't want to hurt any of the honeybees, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, typically. So the leaves that are on the tree now, they're just going to be damaged for the entire the, season. Yeah, and, and, and if you can keep the plant. Um, you know, reasonably watered, okay? Okay. Um, it will flush out new leaves to replace the ones that have been damaged by the Japanese beetles. And remember what Japanese beetles do. They're skeletonizers. Yeah. They it, look, they've just eaten all the green and left all the stems. Yeah, they kind of, they take green. away the bone, they take away the leaf, the, the what they call the mesophyll tissue that's between the bones of the leaf and kind of leave this skeletonized leaf behind after they eat. Um, and, and another t- important tip that you may want to follow, if you've got uh, a vegetable garden, okay, uh, Japanese beetles love vegetables, okay? 
But the one way that you can really reduce the amount of pesticides that you're using near your vegetables, um, if you get yourself some uh, climbing geraniums, uh, climbing um, ivy geraniums like they sell in hanging baskets, yes. hang those around your garden. Okay. And I, I'll tell you why this matters. Um, a few years ago, um, I, I listened to uh, some research that was done by Dr. Potter. He's, a, he's an entomologist. He's a bug doctor uh, from the University of Kentucky. And Dr. Potter did an experiment with a grad student where they actually would take Japanese beetles and they would offer them food to eat, okay? They'd offer them a linden tree. They'd offer them a uh, a, a, a rose, a rose. They love roses, by the way. But then they would offer them some geraniums to eat. Okay. Okay. And 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 the and the Japanese beetles will will nine times out of ten prefer eating geranium over anything else in the garden. You know why? Why? Because it makes them, they get drugged out. Oh. They get drunk. They get hallucinated. They get hallucinated. They literally just like go to sleep, take a nap, take a siesta. They wake up. And then Dr. Potter and his grad student would, would offer the Japanese beetles the choice of the luxurious linden or the, or the wonderful rose or offer them the geranium. And they would go back to the geranium every time. Well, I'll do this to put them under the tree. So I think there's something to be said about if you've got a Japanese beetle problem, invest in some geraniums, okay? Because I think you're going to have a bunch of drugged-out Japanese beetles in your landscape. It's kind of fun if you think about it. So um, put some under there this afternoon. Yeah, I think it's well worth the uh, um, the thought, and it's also a good way to add a little color to your landscape, okay? Okay, great. Thank you, ma'am. Great call, and have a good day, and, uh, and, 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 and you will be surprised how happy they'll be that you gave them something wonderful to uh, eat, okay? Okay. Have a good one. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 457-1290 is the number of the dollars. Did you know that, Javon, that you can have a bunch of drugged-out Japanese beetles by adding geraniums to your landscape? I did not. <laughs> it's quite entertaining, I might add. The next hour of Garden Talk, folks, we're going to be joined by Christy Zantini. She's going to be live in the studio, and we're going to be spending a little bit of time talking about the weather. And we're also going to be talking about some of the things that go along with the hot, humid weather as well. And along with that as well, taking your phone calls at 457-1290. That's 457-1290 as we continue with the Second hour of Garden Talk right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.